If I asked you to think about the story of Jesus calling his disciples, what do you see in your mind's eye? I tend to see it like Matthew and Mark say it went down, that Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee and he saw Peter and Andrew and they were there fishing for they were fishermen and Jesus said, come and follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. That's how I see it. A calling out of the blue, an instant reaction. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. That's the way I see the story going down. Luke, however, sees it differently. From Luke, the fifth chapter, 1 through 11, hear the word of God. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he, he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know why Jesus, why Luke tells a story differently. Do you? In Luke's gospel, Simon Peter doesn't come out from the blue. Simon Peter already knows Jesus. Only a few verses prior to that which I just read to you is a story of when Jesus, after teaching in the synagogue, entered Simon's house. Luke doesn't tell us who Simon is. Where does he come from? He comes from out of the blue. Who's Simon? We don't know. Unless we had read other Gospels, we would not know. Jesus enters Simon's house, and upon entering is told that Simon's mother-in-law had a high fever. Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law, and the only reaction was that she just got up and started cooking dinner. When I say the only reaction, I mean the only reaction. There was no celebration of healing. No, who is this man who can heal such a... No, none of that. 
I would have liked Simon Peter to have said something. But then again, it is his mother-in-law. And I have heard, though I have not experienced it myself, that relationships with in-laws can be, well, let's just say that if, if you were given one miracle to burn in life, would you use it on a mother-in-law? Uh, no reaction. Odd story. She just gets out the pots and pans and starts cooking. But I think we know, at least we can infer from this story of the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, that the event was not quite enough to call Peter into following Jesus. Peter's reaction was to continue to do what he was doing, and that is going fishing with the boys. Meanwhile, Jesus is beside the sea, and he's got plenty of followers. Luke says the crowds were pressing in on him. To hear the word of God. The crowds pressing in to hear, so hungry, to hear the word of God. Well, Simon Peter is not one of them. He had other things to do. So what we know about Simon Peter is that he gave no celebration for his mother-in-law's healing and chose to go fishing rather than being in church. This is the first of the qualifications to become a saint. Can you believe this? But he didn't have hearing the word of God top on his list. Well, that's life, isn't it? For where do you place hearing the word of God in your list of things to do? Is it at the top of your list at every moment of every day when your time is limited and you've got a Zoom call in 30 minutes and the kids have homework and it's the new math and you don't even know how to do the old math, let alone the new math, and you've tried to get and you failed at five tribes at Wordle and your friend just tested positive for COVID and you had lunch with her just, you know, an hour ago while your insurance company keeps billing you for something you already paid and you just long to talk to a human on the other end of the phone, but it's no, it's one to speak in English and two for sales and, and three for a brief survey and a gift certificate. Are you, oh, the word of God is not there, right? You're not leaning into it. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The Apostle Paul write the, wrote those words before Comcast came into existence. We know that. <laughs> or maybe Paul would say they're still true. But living life is probably the biggest thing that gets in the way of us hearing the Word of God. Luke gives us a crowd who is pressing on Jesus to hear the word of God, and Luke gives us Peter, Simon Peter, who is not into it at all. Maybe it just wasn't his time to be in it. Life is like that. It's just not time for you to lean in for the word of God. There is in this world the C&E Christians, we call them here in the church, Christmas and Easter people. They are people that you get mad at for sitting in your pew on Christmas Eve 
They're the people who take way too much time at the flowering cross taking family photos. But every so often I have seen the C&E Christian occupy a Sunday pew in July. And I know what you're thinking. The church has services in July? <laughs> uh, we do. But what I'm saying is that in that sparse crowd is that one for whom worship is now becoming a friend. They're beginning to have a trend Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and I lick a star and I put it in the book. I keep track of you all. Uh, life has turned into a life now that is leaning in to the Word of God. The decision to go to worship is most often made on a personal need. I need, I need, I need. Is that Simon Peter? He just wasn't ready. He just didn't have the need. Maybe he didn't lean in because, well, he had to make a living. Paying the bills comes first. Putting food on the table comes first. He had to work on Sunday, and that's that. Maybe he just didn't fit in with all those other people who were leaning in for the word. You know, sometimes your life gets caught in things that don't necessarily fit in with Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, you know? You can dress up, but you're really just covering up. And underneath, you know that whatever that is, it's not you. I'm a mess. I can't even work on something positive. I'm just going backwards. Is that Simon Peter? Do you see how Jesus invited Peter into uh, leaning into the Word of God? The first thing he says is, well, basically, you mind if I get into your boat? We can push off into the shallow end and I can teach the crowds from your boat. What Jesus teaches the crowds, we don't know. You would have thought that Luke might have had some interest in writing that down. But no. What Luke wants to write down, what Luke is interested in, is showing us that the Word of God isn't something that comes off of a mountaintop, isn't flowing in a white gown, it doesn't have sparkle and smoke and thunder filled with these and thou shall not. The Word of God sometimes wears common work clothes and says things in almost secular way. Well, it is secular. You mind if I borrow your boat? Faith can start just in a relationship. Leaning into the Word of God can just be, you mind if I borrow your boat? God understands who we are and invites us into something richer and deeper. 
After teaching the crowd, Jesus turns to Simon and says, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon Peter tells God all that he knows about fishing. Fishermen are like that. They know everything about fish. They do. They know where the fish are biting, when they're not biting, when you should go out, where you should go out, what flies to try, what, what works, what doesn't work. They know. Lord, we've been fishing all night and have come up empty. Yet if you say so, I'll do it. Well, God knows something about fishing, too. And nets break and sinking boats fill with fish. And the reaction of Peter wasn't, boy, did my ship ever come in? I'm making a fortune on the fish market. I'm set for life. No, that's not what Simon Peter says. His reaction is more like that of Isaiah, that passage that Heidi read to you. That time that Isaiah was in the temple and suddenly, of all things, God shows up. And God fills the temple, smoke and thunder, it all shakes, and you couldn't even see because the, the hem of God's garment just filling the temple. And there's these six-winged creatures, and they flew all about with six wings. They, they flew, one with flew, one that covered their faces, one that covered their feet, and with two they flew, and they sang, holy, 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 other, 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 which, wow. And what does Isaiah say? Oh, Lord. Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. The God reaction. Peter says, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Do you suppose that's why Luke tells this story differently? Because Luke knows when it comes to God, none of us measure up. If you replay your life, or if you replay this month, or maybe this week, how many times did you try to kick Jesus out of the boat? Get away from me. Lord, I... I know what I did and what I did. That's not you. You don't need me. You're something holy, something other. Just get away. Well, whether it's Isaiah or whether it's Peter, or whether it's me or whether it's you, what never changes is God's reaction. Come on. Come. <laughs> what we know about Simon Peter is that there will be times when he will walk on water. And then just like that, he'll sink. And what's the God reaction? Come on. Come on. There will be times with Peter, he'll get it. He'll get it right. He'll get it right. And then just like that, Jesus will look at him, ready to exercise a demon out of him. 
But then after that, what is it? Come on. Come on. There'll be times with Peter where I'll never deny you. And then in a heartbeat, I never knew the man. I don't know who you're talking. I tell you, I don't know who you're talking about. And from a cross and from a tomb and forevermore, come on, come on. I don't know where you are with Jesus this morning, whether you're leaning into the Word of God, whether you don't feel like you deserve it, tried and failed, I don't know. But the God reaction, even to how we broke his body and shed his blood, the God reaction continues to be, come on. Let's go. All of us, let's just get in the boat. Let's head out into the deep water. And there the richness lies in amazing catch. Come.